Yes, Father God, we recognize the war in ways and places, and many times we don't actually recognize the war. So help us to discern the uh, trips and traps and, and setups Satan has for us. I thank you for this day. I thank you that you're the Lord God of truth, the God of freedom, the God of righteousness, peace, and joy. You're the righteous judge. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for us, becoming our Savior, our Good Shepherd, and our sacrifice. You died in our place, and we thank you for that. Lord God, and I pray now that we would become um, all that you have in your heart for us to become. And I thank you for giving us power over all the power of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means hurt us. Give us wisdom in how to use those promises and powers and authorities, even to tread on serpents and scorpions, that you'd give us wisdom, give us peace, Give us confidence Walk that we will walk in your spirit. I thank you for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, even though the enemy comes after us, even as the war would go on and on and on, back and forth, that the no weapon formed against us will prosper. No words said, no deeds done, no actions taken, no uh, uh, anything that the enemy would try to do to us or our families. Our relationships are standing with you, Lord God. Nothing will prevail, and I thank you, Lord God, that you cause us to all now rightly divide your holy word of truth, and that the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we're going to be talking about, I want nothing. I want nothing. And you say, that's kind of a weird title, but let me just explain. Um, You know, our desires become the bait that Satan uses to catch our souls, because he too is a fisher of men. And so Satan sets us up using actually valid needs in our physical bodies, um, need for food, love, clothing, shelter, um, but not purpose, meaning, et cetera, to set us up to desire those things and then use those very things to bait the hook he uses to catch us on. And so I actually had a dream this morning right before I woke up. And in the dream, uh, and that's probably why we're talking about this today, there was a a table of many delicacies set before many people, beautifully spread table, food, and, um, you know, d- lovely foods, not not your meat and potatoes and squash, not just the delicacies and things like that. And people were eating them. And as they were eating them, they were being changed and transformed into the, the spirit of the world. And there was one particular entity that was there that is a personification of someone we all would identify as very evil. And she kept uh, tempting me, harassing me, bullying me into eating, eating, eating something. And I just kept saying, no, no, no. And as I refused, more and more people were being transformed by the things that they were eating into um, the ways of the world. They were losing their appetite for God and they were being being seduced by the political uh, schemes of the enemy. And so finally, at the end of my dream, I woke up saying, as they were pursuing me to try to tempt me with this and that, and this and that, and this all, all, and the level of food, I woke up saying, I want nothing. Because I recognized in the dream that if I would agree with anything that they were providing for me to eat, 
are, are, are tempting me to eat and I would eat it, I would have come into an agreement with them and that would have turned me over to them. That would have, I would have succumbed. Now, let me just say one thing and then Jerry's going to read a scripture here, but um, you know, the first sin in the garden was committed a- as an act of eating. They were eating a forbidden fruit. And that was an act of agreement that they were making with the forbidden tree with which whatever evil, whatever was on that tree, knowledge of good and evil, they were agreeing with that. And so that became um, the thing Satan actually used to cinch the deal and say, okay, now they're mine. So eating is a very spiritual act. And I don't believe people recognize it as spiritual because we kind of have our favorite sins. Oh, you know, we come against drinking, we come against pornography, we come against all these other things. Obviously, they are obviously sins, and I'm not saying they're not. But we don't ever kind of talk about what we're eating, what we're giving place to in terms of fish, fleshly appetites. And the body has, uh, the Bible has a lot to say about the body and the stomach and the belly and the, and the things that we eat. And so um, we're going to start with this verse from 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who desires or does the will of God abides forever. So the word lust there means... Uh, a, a desire, a strong driver, a desire, or, or a craving, a craving. Now mm-hmm. you 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 wrote a book called Cravings. Yes, I did, and that's kind of what we're going to feature at the end of the uh, right. time today. But craving, it, it's a strong desire. It's mm-hmm. not something that oh, I kind of like to have this. It's like I want it, I want it, I want it. Mm-hmm. I, I exactly craving. I've defined it um, according to Romans six twelve in the Amplified, but I, I'll. It's a, like you said, Jerry. It's a strong desire to have something, a strong, inclusive pursuit of something, usually uh, related to the fulfilling of a strong desire to have something, whatever that is, um, whatever you've been set up to want. Now, the body has a normal, natural, God-given uh, apparatus. Appetites. Well, the, to crave certain things, and and mm-hmm. that is to make sure the body gets the certain minerals it needs, the 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 nutrients, etc. But in Romans 6.12, in the Amplified, it says, Let not sin rule, rule as king in, your, in your, short, your mortal, short-lived, perishable body to make you obey it in its lusts, evil passions, and cravings. cravings. And so we see that the devil is using a God-given need, food, for food, for example, to use that also to get us to make agreements that are destroying us. And we can see the fruit. By the fruit, Jesus said, you shall know them. So the fruit of what we're eating, our appetites, how we uh, meet those needs are beginning to destroy us. Now, let me just go back for a second with looking at the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Um, many are drawn into into that spirit of lust, lust and craving, cra- lust. I have to have it. Um, uh, the, so the lust of the I is an overpowering desire to have, covet, go after what we see or what what is being offered in the pursuit of the by the worldly systems, um, including wealth, ownership of those sparkling, lovely things, whether it's gems or clothing or uh, um, anything that's sought after in, that the world offers. The things of the world that's 
That's the lust of the eye. Anything you can see, anything you can covet, anything you can set your mind to and pursue uh, in an ungodly fashion, you know, is, is putting that in front of God. That is the falling for the lust, the spirit of lust in the lust and using the lust of the eye. Now, the lust of the flesh is to come, actually, um, to come, I said it this way, to complete the equation to satisfy um, uh, the free radicals that are hanging out inside of our body looking for a way to be completed. Now, this is chemistry, and this is a very basic and generic understanding of equations. Equations must be balanced, and there's, you know, the, the carbon and the oxygen and the hydrogen and all the other elements that may be in that molecular structure of that particular whatever it is. And so in the body, when these equations are not satisfied and there's a, they're not balanced and there's a, we call it a free radical hanging on the outside, dangling on the outside, it's, tr- it's, it's sending out signals we want to be completed. And so it's sending the body looking for a way to satisfy that equation to complete that. And until that free radical is satisfied, there, is a, there may be a, a, a hunger uh, that drives us um, there may be an element of panic in it or energy to have or, um, you know, uh, even secure it. Maybe there's a uh, hangry, is that what they call them? They're hungry and angry at the same time. They're kind of craving, desiring something. They're kind of in a panic mode. I've got to have this, you know. And, and they people don't realize that this is actually a spiritual attack against their, their body using appetites. And so uh, hunger is a godly thing, God-given thing. God makes us hungry, so we will eat food so we can get the nutrients we need. But Satan also uses that um, as a way to draw us into um, a situation that is, you know, eating things that are not good for us. Um, so it's a hunger that drives us, um, and it could be an, an object of food, uh, a person, a substance, uh, the, the lust of the flesh. Obviously, there's many places people lust after one another. Um, and so we get that, uh, pursuit that, in, and so everything is geared to satisfy that craving. Um, and we interpret, you know, the satisfying of that craving as good and peaceful. So we want to balance that homeostasis. We want to get that, that person in our life to make us happy. Um, and so we, we, uh, we are, de- there's a demand put on us and the enemy's using that power pressure demand to get us to satisfy a craving or in an in ungodly way, sometimes even through a bullying spirit, you know, um, our goal is to get everything at peace, to feel better. Uh, so the lust of the flesh is often just that, a body, soul uh, attack where um, we're looking to obtain uh, a desired feeling, fullness, completion, uh, and that takes precedence over any other action or dis- decision, including our pursuit of God. And the pride of life is similar to that. We pursue goals, achievements, acknowledgements, uh, attention, status, the things of the world that are substituted for the true spiritual uh, will of God and true happiness and completion in Christ. So the lust of the flesh, the cravings um, that see, we, we get, go after them for a quick fix uh, and a path that, that leads. And here's the thing, any path that leads to well, we want the path of least resistance, um, the easy way out, the shortcut, anything that appeals to the flesh. Um, we take the shortcuts in eating, in working, in living, and, and bringing us into a lounging, leisurely, lazy, 
a lifestyle that ends up in death. So what happens is that there's this sense of incompletion. Okay, we're not complete. We're miss something's missing in our lives. So we look for it uh, in other things. Exactly. Uh, in you know, in relationships, in chemicals, in food, in achievement, in things, things, things. So and Satan is quick uh, and ready to provide us with alternatives that just, you know, take this, uh, eat this, uh, drive this, go here, do there. Uh, driven and yeah. Yeah. Driven. So, and, and there's, um, so there, there really is in every human being because we're created in the likeness of the image of God, a desire. We sense we're incomplete. We sense we're out of touch with, with God. And a lot of people, we don't, interpret it that way though we said you know something's missing Mm -hmm. and we seek to find it in order to satisfy our souls so but what happens is that in the seeking for uh that completeness within us at peace yeah we end up getting into bondage if we take the wrong things if we think if we accept the wrong uh solutions satan is quick you know like i said to provide a uh, solution. Oh, if you can be fulfilled with this, but it leads to bondage, destruction, and death if we're going after the wrong things. Yes, and James, it says kind of clearly, actually, but many people don't get it, I'm sure. James chapter 1, verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lusts. The old King James says, desires, the new King James, and enticed. Then when the desire is uh, has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. So what does that mean? That means that we have, like Jerry said, a God-shaped vacuum in our heart, uh, and the enemy, or in our stomach, we're, we need food, we need love, we need, you know, these things are legitimate needs. There's nothing wrong with desiring and needing and, and those things. But when we are tempted to fulfill those or fill those up with something that's not good for us right. or a substitute, um, then it, it we are coming into that agreement. So when we're drawn away by our need and enticed, who's enticing? Who's the enticer? The enemy. So he's in, using our need to entice us like the fish. He's hungry for lunch. So the, the, the bait is enticing him, but behind the bait is the hook. And so it's it's a perfect analogy for fishing. So we're, our desire Satan uses that to entice us. And then when we conceive, when we give agreement to the hook, not knowing it's the hook, of course, we think it's the bait, it's lunch, it's whatever it is. We then are captured and in agreement. And now we're the prey uh, of the enemy. Yeah. So Looking it, for lunch, we become lunch. So whatever we desire, that's, that's why you go back to the title. I want nothing. The fish that is not hungry, it doesn't catch, isn't caught on a isn't hook. Isn't caught, yeah. On a hook. So what Satan does is he tempts us to satisfy an, a legitimate desire in an illegitimate way. This was the the temptation of, of the serpent with Eve. So she wanted to, n- knowledge of good and evil, she wanted to mm-hmm. be like God. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if she would have continued in relationship with him, with Adam and Eve, she would have had more yeah. and more of that revelation of who he is. Right. So... Yeah. Satan offers a shortcut. Here here's a quick way. Yep. Here's a quick way to to find what you're what you're looking for. So we're we're actually in our needs 
um, true legitimate needs where Satan is using those to, to set us up, to seduce us and entice us to come into an agreement with an illegitimate solution. Yeah, another thing, see, related to this is is stress and the pressures of life, okay? We've got this. And fear. We've got trouble. We've got fear. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? You know, we're looking for relief. Or safety. Or, or fullness. Uh, right. Relief, safety, or fullness. Satisfaction. And, and so mm-hmm. so what what the enemy provides is, okay, you, you, you know, you have a lot of stress, you know, um, Here's a cigarette. Here's uh, yeah. a drug. Here's some wine. Another drug. Here's another here's, here's some wine. Here, here's a relationship. Here's a, a mm. sexual experience. Here, or here's all, a bowl bowl full of whatever GMO'd something or other that fills us up. And so, um, again, to complete that equation, to get satisfied, to be safe. Now, this is another thing. So, in all these things, we're enticed by, by a need for safety, a need for food, and, and, and Satan uses all. He sets up the whole arena to make us feel in danger in the first place, or hung, you know, whatever. It strips us of the access to good food, and then he begins to bait us with what he has. For yeah, us. and it's interesting, you know, the about safety. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, you have to take care of yourself. You have to bully, right. mm-hmm. whatever, but. You know, he's keeping us, he wants to, he seeks to keep us from the revelation that God is our refuge and, and source. Yeah, and he is our source. Mm-hmm. So the the legitimate needs that we have uh, spiritually and physically are satisfied in our relationship with God through faith in Jesus right. Christ. Right, so therefore I can say I want nothing. Because if I, I you know, <laughs> we have many stories where, God, you know, was tested by the people who were hungry in the wilderness or this or that, mm-hmm. and they were putting God to the test. But, you know, if we're satisfied in God and we know, like, technically, we're dead. As a, a born-again believer, you are saying, the other side of the coin is, I'm dead to the things of the world. That doesn't mean I stop eating and breathing. It means that my needs are supplied by the one I trust. And that is God. God is, supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. But most people have not gotten to that place of being that confident in the goodness and the, and the faithfulness of God. So God really is always, you know, a question mark in their mind. Is he going to do it? Does he you know what's going to happen? Oh, no, I prayed and it didn't work. So are we always judging God and testing God as not being faithful? But if I want nothing, that means I have been satisfied. Um, you know, uh, th- there's a couple of interesting stories um, I'm going to tell you the one in Daniel, and then Jerry might tell you the one in Colossians. But in Daniel, if you go back to Daniel, this is a very good, uh, s- perfect illustration of exactly where we get caught in this world. Yes, it's, it's in Daniel chapter 1. One, right in the beginning, Daniel and his three friends, they were taken captive. They were young men, probably in their 17, 18, 19-year-old, maybe even younger than that. Um they were taken off to Babylon. Babylon is a, a, a sign or a system, the system of the world. They were taken out of their Jewish heritage, their Hebrew roots, and taken into this foreign country. Uh, and they were going, going to be groomed to be um, the, the students of the world philosophy of Babylon. They were going to be the wise men. They were going to be the... Uh, but anyway, they had to be groomed. And so it says in Daniel 1, chapter 1, verse 8. Um, so the, they were uh, the chief... Uh, gave them new names. They were re- renamed, so their identity is being marred and, and confused. And it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he should not defile himself. Notice the word defile. With a portion of the king's delicacies, notice that, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, 
he requested of the chief of the eunuchs, that was the guy who was watching over him, that he might not defile himself. Now, God, um, it's, so, so here's the thing, a couple of words. So he purposed, he wasn't going to give away his purity, his integrity, his, his relationship with God, defile himself by eating unclean or unholy things. And their culture, there was a lot of things that God said, don't eat. So he wasn't going to defile himself with the king's delicacies. Now, those delicacies today um, are almost a major fare of most people's diets. Mm-hmm. They've got to have their delicacies, their desserts, their sugary treats, their whatever, their candies and blah, blah, blah. And wine, a big a, a big thing that's now so common because people are getting so despairing and depressing, depressed that they, you know, it says when, drink, drink wine to comfort yourself or something like that in the in the bible where i think people are feeling very despairing so he wasn't going to drink the wine or eat the food that the the chief requested that 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 the king requested and the the eunuch was afraid that they were going to turn out to be uh pale and emaciated and then he was going to lose his head for not feeding these slaves correctly and so but but you see here daniel knew that there was going to be uh, uh, in, an infringement or a compromising of his spiritual being by the food he was mm-hmm. going to have to eat. So there is a spiritual connection between the food you eat and how you operate in your spirit. And the thing is, people don't think of those two as connected. They don't think of eating as a very spiritual act. Yeah, it, and if you go um, a few few verses up there in Daniel chapter 1, it, it describes these young men. It says, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, mm-hmm. possessing knowledge and quick to understand. So, I mean, these are sharp, good-looking, good-looking young guys who had the ability to serve in the king's palace. And would make the king look good. Yeah, whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So what they did is they were um, being programmed. They, they were groomed. being programmed through, in part, the king's the offer of yep. the king's delicacies and the wine, mm-hmm. and three years of training. So there was their their education, their food, mm-hmm. and their education was all uh, was prescribed all prescribed to program, to program them, them mm-hmm. into this Babylonian world system and this is exactly what we have today exactly. in our nation. I think we you know in uh was it Corinthians where you were going to share about that? But yeah, yeah so just to ca- to just comment comment on what you just said. So these were um the whole purpose of the food, the education was to program them, to deprogram them from their roots and to program them with the ways of the world with the philosophy of Babylon. Uh, through their food, and don't think the food wasn't an important part of it, because if it wasn't, why would the king have insisted upon them eating his food, his delicacies? Because it was transferring, transforming their their pure spirits into something that could be mal- uh, malleable or moldable. And you know what? That's exactly what's happening today. Back in Rome, they had the thing called the bread and circuses. You know, that's where you you you, you go and you what you're entertained. And then they would feed the people free bread. Yeah, and, food and entertainment. Yeah, and so we have the exact <laughs> same, same thing. thing today. I mean, we're just literally uh, observing <clears throat> observing that in a restaurant we had recently uh, went to. Uh, and we don't eat out very often at all. Maybe you can put it on 
um, 10 fingers how often we eat out but uh, in a year. But the, the, the thing that struck me was that the food that we were eating, we didn't do, earn it by the sweat of our brow. We were waited on. It tasted really good. And everything was just lovely, lovely. We didn't have to get up and serve anybody else, you know. And the waitress came to the table and she was charming and delightful. And and the food tasted good. But I looked at the food and I thought to myself, this is what I thought. Hmm, is this really chicken? I just, I had that thought. Okay. And then while we're eating, we're watching this lovely little sports program of the, uh, what was it, Jerry? It was the um, Little League World Series. So the Little League World Series, you saw these little kids at bat, you know, trying to hit a ball and it was so entertaining. And so we have the whole bread and circuses thing going on. Let me tell you something though, that I have experienced personally, and maybe you have not, and maybe you just want to mark it down and think about this because for those of, I don't, I sleep well. Usually I sleep very well. Um, I don't need any kind of things to put me to sleep because I work hard and I'm tired. But every time, it's almost on 100%, every time I eat somebody else's food, not, not a homemade meal or anything, but out whenever, whenever we eat out and I'm exposed to whatever flavors and natural flavors and monosodium glutamate, whatever else is in that food, I have a dream, usually a bad dream, not a nightmare, but a bad dream. And I've just noticed this on a regular basis. So if some of you are having trouble with your sleeping, maybe you should stop eating all that processed food that's packed with excitotoxins and all kinds of other things that mess with you while you're sleeping. That's just a for free kind of my exa- uh, um, experience. Let, so. me, let me give you this now, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I seem like I come back to this these two verses all the time. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. And and some loose translations say, do not let the world pour you into its mold. Mm -hmm. See, the world is constantly at work influencing us to pour Uh, pour us into its mold. To eat the forbidden food. Yeah, of this evil world system. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're, this is a constant uh, pressure on us to be conformed like the, the, like the, um, like in, in, uh, well, basically uh, in the garden the the serpent was there to conform mm-hmm. Eve and Adam to his way of thinking, mm-hmm. and and the same thing too with what we read in Daniel. Mm-hmm. They were the king and his we're leaders to were conform these guys, mm-hmm. make these guys like brainwash us. them, make them worldlings, make them live according to our ways, our thoughts, our gods. But it's interesting too. Though they resisted that, they refused that, they stood their ground, and they still were able to serve the, king. the Lord and the king in, 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 in a righteous been, manner. In a righteous manner, mm-hmm. but still that it probably was a very delicate thing and because you, job. You're, a faithful, you're faithful to the Lord God, yet you're serving a pagan king. Difficult for sure, but those guys did it. Yeah, and in in Philippians chapter 3, we have another interesting comment with Paul 
in chapter 3, verse 17. Um, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us as a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies, that it will may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Going back to enemies of the cross, enemies of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, as the, many people, I mean, they're all about their eating. Don't touch my food. Don't tell me what to eat. You know, they, they, that's the one place that, that people consider they have a free will, a free choice. Don't touch my food. I'll eat what I want. I don't care. And what is the fruit of it is actually what we see all around us is the, the, the decreasing uh, levels of health and strength and obesity all over the place and and people uh, you know brain fog and not sharp in their in their walk with God and they don't realize that one of these open doors is that back door that everybody says no big deal but interesting too their God is their belly in the in the garden when God brought the curses upon Adam and Eve and the serpent the serpent was cursed to crawl on his belly. On his belly. Isn't that interesting? His belly became his support system. That's where he moved. <laughs> and he had to have a surface mm-hmm. to crawl on. And Adam was cursed but he, because he was going to have to eat his food with the sweat of his brow. And you, you just read it uh, there. Who's Philippians? Yeah, I know. I, I'm connecting. Who's God? Is their belly. Their belly. So, so when you, your God is your support system, whether it's a God... A, a false god, a demon god, that's your support or system. Your, yeah. Or, or, or the, the cravings. Or, or the and, living god. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, but, but this is it. So your belly, mm-hmm. your appetites, your cravings mm-hmm. become your support system. Mm-hmm. And another thing here is that the more, the more you give yourself to your appetites, your cravings. Yeah. The more carnal and self-centered you become. That's right. So people... Basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, you think of uh, someone who Demanding. is addicted to anything, right. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I've got to have it. Uh, I've got to have it. And you see... The, you then become a victim or yes. a je- in jeopardy to being caught in that hook of I've got to have it. So And, and the self-centeredness. It's, it's about me. I need this. Mm-hmm. This is what I eat. This is what I use. This is, this is my drink. And, and you, there's people, in, in extreme example, I would say, is that those that are addicted, and may God release right. those who are d- addicted to various to drugs or anything. Yes. But I know I just heard uh, yesterday of a a couple. Basically, they gave up their five children mm-hmm. in order to continue in their drug addiction. Yeah. So what happens is you become the more you yield yourself to your appetites. Mm-hmm. the more carnal and self-centered you become. You become. Now, and it's all about me. Even if I'm, what I'm doing is destroying me, the focus is me, me, me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and uh, in Proverbs uh, 20, 23, verse 1 through 3, it says, if you're a man given to appetite, um, how does it read that? 
this whole down Yeah, here. take a knife to your throat. Throat, yeah. In other words, you are given to appetite, appetite, because your appetite is going to get you in a deadly trouble. Um, it says, when you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is set before you. And put a knife to your throat if you're a man given to appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food, or in the old King James, just deceptive meat. So the delicacies, the things packed with sugar and, and tasty and whatever, they are deceptive. And what, why? Because because behind behind our craving and the satisfying of that craving is an entity that is like a spirit. And it has appetites. The Bible, the definition of a demon or evil spirit or an entity is something that has a personality, uh, has an is is has a disembodied has no body disembodied it, spirit but with, with an appetites. appetites and a personality so they're mm-hmm. looking to satisfy their appetites whether it's for lust and sex and perversions or food or you know getting even or conquering the world um, it's why why do we have all of that going on especially in the area of food delicacies deceptive food how many of us you know we're addicted to pop or soda or whatever or or, or whatever it is, we, we're, we're not going back to the real foods that God created for us. He said the very first commandment was really in the garden, eat the food that I, you know, I've given you, I've prescribed for you, eat the fruit, uh, the, seed, the, the fruit with the seed in it and the green herbs. And then later on after the flood, he gave them meat to eat. But the thing is, um, that has been a, a command we, we freely break. We don't even consider it. The things that you're eating is that on God's recommended food list? Just ask yourself next time. Um, and and the funny thing is, you know, it's in, uh, yeah, on the reverse side of that tooth coin, nobody ever gets allergies or breaks out or, or gets allergic to things like um, pop and potato chips. They get they get killed by it, but it doesn't give you a quick reaction so that you say, oh I can't eat that anymore. But a strawberry? How many people have convinced themselves they're they're allergic to? strawberries and pineapple and oranges, the things that God has given us because Satan doesn't want you to eat those. So he's going to affect an adverse reaction. So you are trained to stay away from that. First, first Corinthians ten twenty one says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Mm-hmm. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. So they're talking about the, in the context here of the Lord's supper, you know, the communion, and some were just because a communion is a sign a of, union. of union and communion with the living God. Mm-hmm. And then if they're eating a table, if they're also uh, at, the same, time, at yeah. the same time serving involved the enemy, in pagan, uh, pagan religions, pagan uh, practices, or world philosophies, world philosophies. Yeah. You, you're trying to eat from both tables, and, mm-hmm. and he says, "Don't do it," mm-hmm. and uh, you can't really do it because you're going to be one or the got to be one or the other. Serve God or Mammon. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting too, where it says um, in Colossians one eight, he says, "Beware lest anyone cheat you mm-hmm. or defraud you or destroy you." Or, or just uh, you. Uh, plunder or take you captive. This is what it means. Beware lest anyone take you captive through what? Philosophy. This is affecting your mind. And, the em- and empty deceit. Mm-hmm. The lies of the world system. Mm-hmm. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world mm-hmm. that's under the influence of Satan, right? The prince of the power of the air. 
and not according to Christ. For in him, dwell in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are, what, complete in him mm-hmm. who is the head of all principality and power. Right. So we find our completeness, this, this sense of incompletion that we have. That drives us. Uh, that, that drives us, is satisfied. Satan has his cheap substitutes. Right, our he, temporary. He, he, that, that destroy us, but our completeness, our completeness, our wholeness, our peace, our, our, our satisfaction is found in Christ. Yes, so it's the, not found in anyone or anything else. Well, I really believe that the more we give ourselves over to the carnal appetites, the fleshly appetites, the more carnal we actually become. The more uh, we rebel, rebel against God's laws in even the areas of eating, the more our spiritual receptor sites are clogged up. And so, if your your, your receptor sites for the revelation of God um, are clogged up. Um, then we will not receive that revelation of Jesus Christ and the deposits of truth will not enter. We won't, we won't know truth. Everything will be, um, you know, as it is what it is and who cares and it doesn't matter and I don't eat, don't touch my food and at least I can eat what I want and yeah, stuff like we that. We don't enter into that revelation of God where is, where, mm-hmm. uh, well, where our satisfaction and our fulfillment come from. It's interesting, uh, Marjorie, the, the word entertain comes from a word that means to keep from entering. Oh, wow. Not entering so, in. Not entering so in. So through entertainment, whether it's, you know, in our sports, not to knock sports. I mean, everything is good in its rightful place. Yes. But but to, um, you know, in the, the, the games, the gladiator games in Rome, the entertainment was keeping the people from realizing that the government was taking over their freedoms and they exactly. didn't, they just sat there and loved it. That's exactly what's going on in our yeah. country. And so, um, and, and there, so you have all these sick people, obese people, uh, people whose bodies aren't healthy, minds aren't healthy. They're going to take more medications, going to the medical communities for more help. And why? Well, because this is the plan the plan is to undo us on every level, whether it's mind, body, soul, spirit. It's it's to undo us, to, to destroy our DNA. And we just, the only way out of this is to eat according to what God says. Eat as an act, eating is an act of agreement. We can eat our food as an act of worship or as an agreement with death. And so bottom line, I want nothing. I want nothing that God, God, God knows what I need. God will give me what I need, whether it's food, safety, shelter, relationships. As I walk in that one narrow way and let Jesus be the way, he will supply my needs. Now, I, we can talk about this forever, but let me just give you a quick. Um, on September 17th, uh, we're going to be doing a um, workshop on uh, eating for recovery or, or health, uh, getting our health back when we've been taken out in all of these ways. So it's, it's healthy eating, how to get your life back, your health back uh, in your process of recovering. So that's seven, the 17th of September. It's going to be in the cities um, at Valiant Church. Um, if you want more information, check out. Uh, we'll be sending out a, a blurb on this very soon. So just check us out uh, at, at liferecovery.com. And also... I would encourage you to read the book, buy, purchase, read the book called Cravings. Why am I doing, why do I do what I don't want to do? Bottom line, we all do it. 
trying to quit what we can't stop, being trapped and overwhelmed by something. And it becomes the, cons- the consuming of our life to try to stop doing something instead of doing stuff for God. We're trying to stop doing stuff, with his, which is a total going in the wrong direction. So, Father, we thank you for the lovely gifts of food and, and nourishment, safety, promises, words, uh, protection that you prescribe for us. Lord, and I pray for each one today who's struggling with, we're not going to try to make this a religion, Lord God, that we can't have this, we must not touch that. But we're asking you to give us wisdom to abstain from fleshly appetites and fleshly lusts and and wanting things that set us up to be victims and targets for the enemy's hook. So, Father, give us your wisdom, your grace, and victories in these areas in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.